Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, it's my opportunity to uh, and privilege to really introduce our speaker this morning is Greg Mulchon. Greg's been here several times before. He's the director and founder of the Grand Rapids Dream Center. And I know a lot of you know a little bit about that, and, and Greg can touch on some of that. But he's just a great friend of mine and known him over the years. And please give him a warm reload welcome as he comes to share this morning. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody feeling today? Awesome, awesome. I actually just got back from uh, being gone on a cruise, and uh, if you've already talked to me, it was, uh, I don't know if this is bad to say from the, the pulp, it was a cruise from hell. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, let's pray, guys. Um, um, God is good. Uh, there was a minute I didn't know if I would be back. <laughs> um, but I, I am so excited, and um, this has always been a tremendous group of men. I, I just really have an appreciation for our church, uh, for Res Life, and I, I know Reload is bigger than Res Life. There's, there's many churches uh, represented here. I, I'm happy for the church. Um, as imperfect as the church can be, and we could get focused on her, we on her weaknesses, um, man, that's God's plan, and that's what He is all about. And for me, uh, I always, uh, every time I get invited to be able to share or speak or come, I always take it very, very seriously, and I always really try to get into, um, not try, I do, into the God spot, and just really ask Him, uh, well, God, well, what do you have, you know, for this time around, and and God laid something, you know, on my heart, and I kind of felt, man, even looking around and, and looking at things that are going on right now, um, definitely, definitely a word in season. And um, and I just, I'm going to get into the text. Um, I'm going to go right to First uh, Peter at chapter 1, and we're going to go into verse 14, and we'll begin there, and I'll just kind of explain and lay things out from the text. But it says this, it says, as obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in in ignorance. And obviously, uh, we could probably still remember what that was like, right, guys? Um, Well, a lot of us, when we lived that way, we didn't know we were living that way. And uh, all we knew was just constant brokenness. But just as he's called you um, is holy, uh, so be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy for all. I am holy. And since, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So when you look at the, the word holy, it can sound like a big, scary uh, Bible word, maybe uh, liturgical in your mind. Um, I think a lot of people probably have an idea about that, or it might the word holy might give them a, a feeling but it, obviously, it's very biblical, right? We, we read about the word holy or holiness all the time in the Scripture. Um, it's hard to not read about it if you read any part of the Scripture. It's God's heart. Um, but it's really, the nature of it probably is a little more simple than what it might seem. 
the word holy simply in, in God's mind and heart is, is to be set apart. It's to be set apart. And even when you look at a lot of the commandments in the scripture, um, you go back to the Old Testament law even, obviously uh, the foundation of that would be probably the Ten Commandments, but it expands into over 600 commandments. It's <laughs> a lot, right, guys? We won't, even talking about, we won't even talk about the traditions and things that the Pharisees and the religious people uh, of those times added to the laws of God, but, but there was a reason for it. There was a lot of certain things that God had. There was reasons for his commandments. There was reasons for holiness. Um, when you look at the children of Israel and, and, and God's heart, um, what, you know, why is Israel so special uh, to God? Well, as time and history and, and God established himself and who he was and through Abraham, uh, his heart was that Israel would be the light unto the world. And they would be the people to show the world and the nations of what it looked like to relate to God, to be in a, a right relationship with God. And we know Israel struggled and basically it failed at that really, really bad. But the commandments and the things given to Israel were so they would be different from the nations. They would be different. They would clearly be different. You know, and, and God's heart here, he, he has the same calling and admonition for us as believers, um, whatever we would, wherever we would go or, or whatever we would do, we would be different. We would, we would stand out. And it's not necessarily something, as you start to grow and transform as a believer, it's something you don't necessarily have to try to do. It's just, it's a part of who you are. And, uh, you know, I, I look at my family and, and who we are, and it it kind of keeps just getting confirmed over and over uh, of being different, being set apart. I, I, I talked about the cruise <laughs> um, for a minute. I didn't think there was any believers on that ship, but <laughs> um, but there were. There was there was, there was plenty, and uh, we needed that encouragement. It was a rough trip. I'll tell you more about it later. Um, but uh, there was one family that really actually ended up ministering to us on this. Uh, this last week, and they said, you guys are just different. There's something about you. And, and for me, if you know me, I could be a, a, an outspoken person, uh, talk, have fun, be energetic, but I was really pulled back. You know, I wasn't taking a vacation from being a believer, but I wasn't exactly trying to have ministry either. <laughs> and yet, here we are, you know, this family, actually a couple of families, you guys are just different. There's something so cool and so special about you. And that's just, that's the Lord, right? And, and that's, that's God's heart as, as we grow in, in, into who he is. Um, not that I, I'm trying to say that you don't try in certain things as a believer. We need to try with all we, we have, right, man? And so, but God's got this calling on us. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the, the culture and everything that's going on, and now more than ever, it, it, it is so important culturally to, to be different. And, and the equation of that, too, is um, what, what is the difference factor? Of course, it's, it's God and who he is, but it's this, this preeminence of love. But what love really looks like, because the culture has a different idea on what, what, love's, what love really is. You know, love is this loosey-goosey thing, and it's like, well, hey, man, he's on crack, but love him, man, that's just what he does. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, that, that's not love to just put your agreement on that or a lifestyle. And, um, 
of course, that's an extreme lifestyle. Um, but we're, we're, we're called to be different. And, um, you know, and with that, with, with being set apart, um, I, I have to say this, it, this is not a message on uh, judgment to the culture either, because I eat and dine with the sinners just, just like Jesus did, okay? And my heart, uh, I can be with a group of sinners. I won't judge them, because why? They're a sinner. That's how they live. Most folks don't know any better. So for me to come and... Um, I was joking about the cruise um, because, you know, party central. But, that, but that's where they were. It's like there's, there's a grace for that. There's a grace for that. But, yet yeah, we could live and be who we were, and we were attracting people. And God was using us, and we weren't even trying. And so um, another disclaimer today as I share this word, too, it's, you know, something, this word is something we're, uh, I, we, my family, we're growing in. Uh, but we're learning it too, so uh, don't think I got the corner in the market this morning, okay? Um, actually, I'm hoping by the time we get through of some of what I have to say is it will provoke meaning, meaningful group discussion today, and it will open up dialogue for ideas and things of, of how can we succeed together. And so um, the other thing with our culture, obviously too, we know our culture is attacking biblical Christianity, um, just something terrible, right? I look at the recent events, too. Um, even being on an isolated cruise ship, you couldn't not find out about what happened in Florida. Um, it's horrible, guys. It's horrible. If you didn't know either, that's actually one of eight in 18 school shootings. Now, the big two you've heard about, obviously, is because, I mean, this was just catastrophic, right? And then I think it was Kentucky was the other one in January and, and other ones that just aren't as highly publicized. Um, we need to be different now more than ever. We need to be a salt in our culture. What's interesting to me about that situation, um, and uh, I, I'm careful about how I watch the news, guys. Actually, it's probably going to play right into this, this message this morning um, because you, you watch too much of it and you get stuck on it. it man, it's just going to affect you. Um, but, man, there were so many administrators and government officials crying out for prayer uh, for this situation. Pray, pray for us. Pray for the district. Pray for the families. Isn't it interesting for that, that, that desperate cry, but yet uh, prayer has been removed from schools? You know, it, it, some of those same people probably have, you know, fought to keep God out of school. More and more and more who are asked, asking for prayer. Um, but now more than ever, um, it is so important that the difference maker of, of, of being different and a foundational piece of it is, you know, as we grow individually, learning to live that life, right? We have to live that ourselves. But the, the other piece of that that really God put in my heart strong this morning is leading that way. How do we lead and influence and affect our, our cultures and our environments and specifically, especially our families, I believe there's a lot of men and people uh, who have got questions about that. What, what, what does that look like in my family? How do we be different? Because it, it kind of feels like the, uh, our young people, they're, just, they're being stolen right out from under us. And uh, it could lead to a negative situation. Um, not all young people, though. And I, I want to praise God for the young people that are rising up, too, 
This ain't a gloom and doom message. Um, but but what, is this, what does this look like? Um, the cornerstone of so much for, for our young people and our families, it, where does it all begin, guys? It's not a trick question. <laughs> I, heard, I think I heard it. it. It begins at home, right? Really, at the end of the day, we can come up with these formulas, analyze all this data and all this, but it truly, it, it starts at home, right? And the home should be, uh, it should be, in the family, it should be a sanctuary, right? A safe place. And, and how does that happen? Um, what, is, what does some of that look like? Um, I believe as men, we, we actually, now we might think our wives set the, the environment, and you hear happy wife, happy life. <laughs> but uh, you know what makes a happy wife? It's a good man doing his job as who God called them to be. Ephesians chapter 5, the leadership that's been instilled on us men, is, is, it's an anointing from God. And uh, no matter how much we try to avoid it, go our own way, like, no, you know, I can do what I can do. It, it's going to affect our family, plain and simple. And then God, and God simply is just going to ask us for an, account, an accountability to be accountable to it one day. <clears throat> Not to scare us, but it's special. It's very, very special, and, and it's a great thing. We can be excited about it. And the biggest thing is um, as we learn to walk in the embodiment of love, that picture, um, as Christ loved the church and he laid his life down for that, when we live that sacrificial life in our home, um, that's where we start to create this environment. That's where we adorn our wives, and 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 I, and they, they become confident and um, you know, uh, what's special for me with my wife, now I'm not perfect, me and my wife, we can fight with the best of them, okay? Two leaders, type A, when there's a fight, you're, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. So uh, not putting us on a pedestal here, but um, I am so blessed that my wife uh, follows uh, my leadership because she wants to. Because she sees a man who's truly chasing after her and trying to, to, to serve and love on her within our home. And uh, the, uh, the other piece of that in the foundation of our home is it's humility. Having that humble environment. You know, when, when, when we're humble, it just, uh, you know, have you ever tried to fake your wife out and your kids? But they always know the truth. <laughs> they always know what's going on. I can have a moment and I could disrespect my son or daughter or, or yell at them. It, it all happens. Let's be real, guys. It happens, right? If we get annoyed. And then we could walk away and act like it didn't happen. And, oh, man, they're fine. They didn't know. But what? They know. But when we create an environment of humility where we, we respect one another, we apologize for those moments, um, this creates that, that, that safe environment. And the other thing would be approachability. So what does this do? It creates an environment where the family, where our children, uh, grandchildren, they want to be there. When the world's coming at them, things are going wrong, they want to run to what? They want to run to a refuge. And they, they, and they cannot run to a place where it's not safe, where there's not humility, where there's not approachability because that's got to be an emotional, emotionally strong environment. And, and if you're like me, I didn't grow up with an environment like that. 
I remember hearing the, the screaming fights um, all the time. Not, you know, not necessarily once in a while, because like I said, I've been in those before. And just, you're unnerved. But that, that safe environment, it, it, it's where, where it starts. That's, that's the foundation. And so with that thought today, guys, I, I want to ask a couple questions. Um, as we look at the family and, and, and the home environment and, and being set apart, um, who here, I, I want you to just envision a picture of a, a literally physical house, maybe your house. Who here uh, leaves your physical house and you leave the front door or your doors open 100% of the time? Wow, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like, your doors are open right now? No. They're just open 24-7, right? Uh, even 75% of the time or 50%, most of us are going to say no, right? We close the doors. We lock them when we're not home or when we're home, right? But here's what's interesting to me. Um, what I'm seeing today, and, and if you saw the subtitle for the message today, um, talking about what does this look like practically speaking, I see so many people uh, in the culture, um, I believe also within the church too, they're leaving doors open um, of influence with, with media, internet, and smartphones with our young people. It's almost like there's this thing, it's like an epidemic, where it's like, this is just what our world is, and guess what, our world's not going to change, okay, so this, it is what it is. And we need, and, and, and talking about this, we need to embrace these times. It's a different day and age, man. And, um, but, but with that, it's almost like, well, man, it's the cool thing for, for our kids to have a, a smart device or something. The younger they get, and we're just going to get them one, and they're going to have it. And, and we mindlessly let them go with, with the masses like cattle to the slaughter without a second thought about it. And, um, you know, one of my admonitions uh, today in this whole process is um, for us to just stop and think about that, think about these decisions, um, to, to think it through, the impact. When, when I think about media and internet um, and in the context of a smart device or a smartphone today, it, um, when you've got that 100% 24-7 access all the time and you're not ready for it, well, does it make sense why our culture's winning? I mean, I, I know some of us are older in here. I, I'm not going to adore my 40s. I won't be in a 40 club. <laughs> but YouTube, man, I'm telling you, if you watch one video right now on YouTube about um, that's attacking truth with, like, that biased viewpoint, and it could sound very convincing, you're going to immediately going to be set on an algorithm that's going to pop up a bunch more with more convincing videos. Just like that. Um, anything you watch. And, um, it, you know, when we prepare our young people to drive, what do we require to happen? What's a state require to happen? Training, a driver's license. There needs to be a certain equipping that needs to take place before they get behind that wheel, so what? They can, they can be a safe driver, and that car can be a blessing. So smartphones and, and the media and Internet, it's not of the devil, um, 
But when you're equipped and ready for it, it, it can be a, a very big blessing. But to just mindlessly go with the culture and empower our young people with a device without leadership and training, is it no wonder why we're losing the hearts and the minds of our young people? Uh, a close friend of mine, um, man, real godly believer, authentic guy, uh, did ministry with him for years, great family, family's close. Uh, he had a daughter that got baptized when she was around 17, and here was her profession before she went in the, the, the baptism tank. You know, um, I confess, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord, you know, Lord and Savior and that whole nine. So before she went under, she said, this is my faith. I'm no longer on the coattails of my parents. That's a pretty big statement, right? Actually, it's probably what most of us would pray and dream for with our children, right? It's come. It's their revelation. They're going to live that life. Two years later, um, within the college campus, and just um, her having the full accessibility of, of, of whatever she wanted to watch, she actually denounced her faith. Um, I actually even believe um, she might now might now be a professed um, Muslim. <laughs> but for such a quick, and, and I'm not saying that to uh, go down that path right now with Islam and all that, but for her to be influenced so quick, and, and she would openly profess, because would, I would talk to my friend uh, multiple times about what would happen, because he was engaging her, trying to talk her through this. And she, you know what? Well, you got to see these things on YouTube that I'm seeing, Dad. So it comes down to a couple of things. Are our young people prepared? Can we prepare them and equip them for the media? Uh, and they have the foundation, too, because when they are ready, guess what? Those videos and those things, what? They're still there. They're still there. And when there's a, uh, um, when something's real, there's always a what? Counterfeit. And so to me, a counterfeit is just more proof of the real. So what does this look like? What, what does this look like for us today? Um, I felt like I wanted to just share a couple practical points of, of what it looks like in my home. It's not because it's like, man, this is the only way to do it. Guys, you start doing it this way. Actually, what I hope will happen, maybe it starts this morning and then, you know, goes into next week is that guys would talk amongst one another for what, what you've seen and what is working and, and, and get that out there. Um, because, you know, for some, some of us who are trying some things that aren't working, we need to hear what is working because that might work in our home. And so what, what's that look like in our house? So I've got a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. They go to public school in Hudsonville. And um, guess what? About every single kid has their own smartphone with the internet. But guess what? Ours don't. Like, oh, dude, well, you're outdated, Greg. What are you thinking, man? Get with the times. But they, they're not ready. But guess what? They're set apart. They're different. And what we've done, and we, we started this a while back. Oh, well, you know what was interesting? I, I am an Apple family. Oh, Apple. <laughs> Sorry, droid lovers. But when it was devices were becoming more accessible, I remember in Leah's family, she got a big family, her sisters and all that, we were some of the first ones with our Apple devices, iPads, 
So we're not these old school ballers. We're some of the first. But, uh, you know, back in, in that time, these conversations started with our kids. Um, the consensus was this, was you guys will have a smartphone when it's your time. Well, when is that, Dad? Well, we weren't going to pit ourselves in a corner where it was like, that's 16. And then now we, 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 we've got to give to our word when, it, when it's uh, your time. And but but we've but what's come with it though it's been within our culture and environment it's been explaining well, well why is that and we we begun to train and educate our kids one of the other big things is this that we've taught them is this it's uh, one of the biggest factors is relationships we want you to be able to know and manage yourselves and actually relationally engage people talk to them. It's not, it's a very small relational level when you're talking to them through social media, through texting. As a matter of fact, have you looked around? A lot of young people, they can't even hardly talk in person, much less uh, handle conflict in person. Our kids need to be able to do that first before they can have a smartphone, and, and they're doing it. They're learning. But you know what's cool? Guess what? There's been revelation. They're getting it. They're looking around in the school, and they're bothered by the kids doing this all the time. That bothers them. And so they know how important it is to be different um, so other students can see it too, and so they can actually engage them relationally and how good it feels to talk to each other. Doesn't it feel good? And so, you know, with the training and the, and, and the, the teaching of that, the other thing is this. Now, media, when you've got full access, um, you can quickly become an all-consumer, a consuming mindset. And if you didn't know, young people at their age, uh, teenage years, going into college, that's a developmental time for them um, with creativity and imagination. And you know what that comes? you got to create to stimulate that. Whatever that is, whatever your bend is, you got to create. But when you're consuming... You're not creating. You're actually um, slowing down the, the, the process of development or you're bypassing it. And so we, we, we've taught these things to our kids, and, and, and they're excited. Uh, I, I love it, we, you know, being uh, trapped on the cruise ship. I mean, having fun on the cruise ship. Um, they, uh, what was neat was the weather was horrible, but they actually... They actually enjoyed being in that tiny cabin, and, and they were drawing and doing their creative things, a couple other things. I, I, I'm just, like, blown away. I'm admiring them. I'm going, man, guys. And so, you know, within our house, that's one of the practical ways. Is they know when, when it's their time, we, we have boundaries. you got to have boundaries, guys, with devices. Our kids do have iPads, but... The other thing with the consumer mindset is this. It's uh, when you're gaming or you're on YouTube or whatever it is, it could quickly just be feeding your flesh. It can go past something that's healthy, and your flesh is like, more, more, more. Um, you ever been sucked in the Netflix adventure? Man, they just leave you hanging on that last episode, and you got to see the next one. Ten episodes later, it's like, ah. Oh. And so... Boundaries, showing them how to manage their media time. Safety on your internet. There are easy ways today, uh, man, to have safety on your internet. Uh, freeways. Um, 
There's a thing called OpenDNS where you can go into the uh, administration of your router, your Wi-Fi router, change a couple DNS numbers. It really, it's not that hard. It, it sounds all fancy and techy. And literally what will happen is everything will route through a safety veil protecting your family's internet on every device. So that's way easier than trying to put like an adware on every device, every phone, every iPad, every computer. It's just impossible to do today, guys. But there are easy ways to protect, protect your internet. Therefore, what? Protecting the hearts and minds of those, those folks in our household. Um, also in our house culture is um, people who come in our culture, we, we're still Mulchons. My daughter's, uh, her, one of her closest friends is her cousin, about the same age. Uh, they're 15. Guess what? She has a smartphone. But at our house, she turns it off. <laughs> or she leaves it home. And uh, the last time she was over at our house for a weekend, she said, thank you so much. It was, she's like, I feel weird without my phone, but I feel great. Isn't that something, guys? Isn't that something? We, we need to know this stuff. Now, talking about this stuff, too, you know, this is something we need to, to, co to cover in prayer. Um, because I think, you know, if we're at a place where within our family influence, maybe our kids have had that full access for you to come in just as the big bad wolf and be like, I'm taking your phone away. That might not be the approach. You need to ask God, okay, you know, I, I, I think that there needs to be more boundaries in my house. I think some things got to change. You need to pray what that looks like, guys, if, if that's where you're at or you're seeing that influence coming in. You got to pray through what that will look like, what those conversations could look like with your young people. I'm not telling you to just make a rule and come in and <laughs> ask God what that looks like. I also wanted to mention this. Um, there is a couple resources out there, too, guys, with, uh, within this discussion, too, of just uh, parenting and, 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 and preparing our young people for where they're at. Um, I know there's a lot of grandpas in here, so you, you might be past that season, but you can still have an environment that, that encourages these principles when, when your grandkids come around you relationally, um, putting the smartphone aside. But a, um, a couple resources that came to mind that I felt like uh, I wanted to mention, that I'm going to pray, guys, because um, it's time to go. Um, Parenting on Purpose by Danny Silk. One of the most amazing, to me, the most amazing parenting book I've ever read on really how to cultivate a heart. I mean, it, it applies really relation, in every relationship, but for a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa, um, so good, so good. And, man, it's got the heart of the Father in there, um, grace and love. I mean, it was one of those books I just couldn't put down. Um, I got this from Pastor Pat Benish. You guys know Pastor Pat? It's awesome. Woohoo. Um, preparing for adolescence. Um, I've shared that with a couple guys in here too. Taking um, my daughter and my son through that. Um, that's just a, uh, a big, big change in life, huh, fellas? We did it through the audio version uh, CDs, guys. That was much, um, our, our kids obviously valued that in our media driven age. 
These are just a couple things I wanted to throw out there. Um, guys, for you to prayerfully consider, um, it's about 7.30, so I'd love to just pray and uh, let the Holy Ghost do his work. Uh, would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you for today, Lord God, um, being set apart, Lord Jesus. How can we do that, Lord God? How can we prepare and, and train our young people, Lord God? How can we live this out as men? God, I, I really pray just for words in season, God, and what does this look like in our home environments? God, I, I pray, Father God, that we could share amongst one another. Lord, uh, what does it look like, Lord, to create a sanctuary, Father God, a refuge for our kids to run to, our wives, our grandkids, Lord God? How can we do this? What does it look like? How can we encourage this, Lord God? How can we use influence, set healthy boundaries, God? What are different methods that are working for us, Lord God, that can work for others? God, I pray you stir things up. I pray you bring confidence, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that um, if there's men in here who are feeling passive, Lord God, about reengaging their home environment, God, that you would help us to have a spirit to reject passivity. God, and to lead valiantly and with humility. God, I bless uh, every man in here, Lord God, every home. Father God, continue to lead and guide. I thank you, God, that, that we are going to lead, Father God, in this different day, and, different day and age, Lord God, our young people and our leaders, Lord God, into the wave of the future for the love of Christ. And I pray these things today in Jesus' name. And everybody said?